Welcome to this episode of the podcast, I Guess What You're Gonna Hate. I'm Janine. And I'm Mike. And I'm Madison. And this is a podcast about exposing someone to the very worst and sometimes best, but mostly worst pop culture of the 2000s. And today is a super exciting guest episode. We are joined by the hosts of the Equalizers podcast. Hello, I'm Mike Knoll. I'm a co-host of the Equalizers podcast, and I'm joined, as always, by the sequel to my prequel, Madison Jones. Madison Jones, are you in good form? Hi, other podcast people. How are you today? I am doing just fine. I can't say the same for Kate. She is not here today because her father tossed a toy her direction the other night. And when she picked it up, it was actually Sheen from Jimmy Neutron. And she took it as a bad omen and decided to bow out of being in this episode. (laughs) So... She's not here with us today, but that's okay. We have more than enough people to delight and entertain you. Very Sheen thing to do. (laughs) So why don't you tell all of our listeners a little bit about your podcast and kind of what you guys are interested in, why you chose. They already know that we decided to go with Jimmy Neutron, Boy Genius, the Oscar-nominated animated film by Nickelodeon Studios. Just feel free to tell us a little bit about your podcast, discuss why you chose this movie. Yeah. Madison, why don't you take the podcast? Because I picked the movie. Okay. So Yeah. So every week, uh, Mike and I get together and we find a movie that at this point in cinema history does not have a sequel or a prequel yet. And we write our own sequels to said movies. Movies we've done already are Good Burger, Hook, uh, Space Jam, Meet Dave that Eddie Murphy flick. Mm -hmm. Each week we'll either, before the episode, we'll write our own sequels and pitch them to each other, or we will start the episode and sort of riff until um, by the end of the episode, a sequel has been born out of our minds. (laughs) Uh, For an example is the Space Jam 2, the Order of the Phoenix, where we basically decided that they weren't going to play basketball. They were going to play Quidditch and have Daniel Radcliffe. Um, Instead of Michael Jordan, it's Daniel Radcliffe in that one. That's awesome. I actually listened to the Toy Soldiers episode and really enjoyed that. So I definitely recommend everyone check out the Equalizers podcast. You can find it wherever you get your podcasts by searching the Equalizers. We spell it E-Q-U-E-L-I-Z-E-R-S. And weirdly, Mm -hmm. no one really wants any social media where you misspell the word equalizer. (laughs) So we kind of managed to just sweep the board on that one. Nice. Basically, anywhere put that word we created and um, you'll probably find us. (laughs) Perfect. So I picked Jimmy Neutron uh, when you guys were looking for guests, and I realized that this movie fell into the kind of time period, time frame that you were looking for, Mm -hmm. uh, because I remember seeing this as a kid. I really loved this movie, and weirdly, I'm going to say a sentence that will seem very nonsensical, but this movie always makes me fondly think about the Lord of the Rings movies. (laughs) Okay. Because this movie came out the same weekend as The Fellowship of the Ring. And in the small town I'm from, uh, my dad was going to take my sister and I to see the movie. None of us were Lord of the Rings fans, but we knew it was this big, famous movie. Mm -hmm. And we had a two-screen cinema in that town. And we missed The Fellowship of the Ring by like 15 minutes. (laughs) But Jimmy Neutron was playing, so we went and saw that. And we all had a great time. So I I fondly think of this movie and that story in Lord of the Rings whenever this comes up. So I jumped on the chance to... To snag this one. Would you ever willingly choose it over Lord of the Rings? Would I ever willingly choose it? Mm-hmm. 
Uh, that's t- you know, that's a tough one. I've <laughs> I've had to make sequels out of some of the strangest solo films, and that's the toughest question I think. Um, probably not, but uh, that's because I really like Fellowship of the Ring. <laughs> Madison, would you ever pick this movie over the Lord of the Rings? Well, it sure is more epic, right? I think that's clear to say. Obviously, the scope of Jimmy Neutron is out far outweighs the Lord of the Rings. There's no question here. Lord of the Rings doesn't have a, a series that follows it, you know? Yeah. It's going to on Amazon. I mean, honestly, just let's just get rid of it. Let's just throw it out and just Boy. keep Jimmy Neutron. Uh, internet nerds, I don't agree with this. Please don't at me. Please don't dox me. I mean, yeah, I'll choose Jimmy Neutron over Lord of the Rings. Fuck it. I'm sorry. Can I cuss? Can I cuss on this podcast? Yeah, okay. absolutely. Feel free to cuss as much as you want. I there is no censorship on this podcast. Awesome. Actually, it's it's interesting because a few episodes ago on our in our minisodes, in our minisodes we often discuss pop culture or TV shows, things that aren't really fitting for our movie episodes. And we did a whole episode about the best animated feature mm-hmm. award for the Oscars. And the one of the first years that uh, it was an award, mm-hmm. the nominees were Shrek, Jimmy Neutron, Boy Genius, and Monsters, Inc. That's pretty good lineup. And Shrek won. It's an Oscar-winning movie, in case you didn't know. Shrek won? Wait, Shrek won an Oscar? <laughs> Shrek won an Oscar. Jesus yes. Christ. Mike, Mike and Eddie did it? Did it. <laughs> and not only that, but they actually animated into the audience the cast of Shrek, Jimmy Neutron, and Monsters, Inc., like the <sighs> protagonist. And <laughs> it was really interesting because Jimmy Neutron's uh, animators actually posted on YouTube the alternate animation they would have used if Jimmy Neutron had won. Damn. Yeah, Jimmy Quasar. Yeah. For people who are not acquainted with the idea of Jimmy Neutron. How would you give the context for this movie before we jump into plot review? I mean, he's a boy genius. I think that's spe- I think that's <laughs> it. I mean, that's all you really need to know. But is he though? I mean, he built a rocket, Addison. It's like fantasy Sheldon. Oh god, why would you ruin this for me? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I'm not really a- okay, don't eviscerate me internet, but I am not a fan of the Big Bang theory. Oh no, I'm not either at all. I will go on the record saying this. Hey, internet, not a not a fan. But I have been forced at the gym while you were, you know, trudging away on the treadmill. Mm-hmm. They were playing Young Sheldon, and so when I was watching this movie, I was thinking like, man, Young Sheldon has nothing on Jimmy Neutron because like there's there's no constraints in the Jimmy Neutron world. Like real science doesn't matter. You don't have to make quippy little like science jokes that aren't really jokes and that nobody laughs at because Mm -hmm. you can make a plant that only eats girls Mm -hmm. and that's why jimmy neutron is the real sheldon jimmy neutron boy bazinga (laughs) (laughs) which really that's what they should have called young sheldon hey that could be a potential sequel it's not just a sequel it's a crossover so my mom watches both big bang theory and young sheldon because uh Mm -hmm. Moms love Big Bang Theory. <laughs> what surprised me about that show is that it Young Sheldon is filmed in a completely different way than the regular Big Bang Theory mm-hmm. show. More like a Modern Family or The Middle or Gilmore Girls-esque, I would, I would call it, actually. Like, uh, how it's filmed, not like what the, like... like <laughs> <laughs> so, like, multicam as opposed to single? Is that what you're... Yeah. Yeah, that's the that's the technical term for it, Mike. 
<laughs> if you wanted to get technical, yeah. Yeah. okay. Words have meaning, Madison. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's pretty interesting. I, I actually noticed that because when I was watching a little bit on the treadmill, like it wasn't an awful show. Like it had decent pacing. It just a lot of the jokes fell very flat to me. From the few episodes that I've seen, <laughs> um, it could not be a show about Sheldon. It could be a show just about a smart kid. Yeah. But j- just it, it's kind of like just so you know, that's the guy in the nerd show later on like <laughs> he is bazinga boy bazinga boy bazinga boy all right well let's get to our own bazinga boy let's get to jimmy neutron boy genius usually what we do is we do a very bare bones rundown of the plot so i am more than happy to kick us off or one of you guys can take the reins it's whatever you want to do um i'll do it that's fine Okay, go ahead. Kick us off. So Jimmy Neutron, Boy Genius, is a movie about the eponymous Jimmy Neutron, um, James Isaac Neutron, to his parents, who intercepts an alien transmission somehow and launches a homemade rocket into the atmosphere to try to put a satellite into space that he made out of a toaster. He eventually does make contact with those aliens, and they come to Earth to take the parents um the kids throw a hot shit party without their parents and eventually jimmy realizes kind of what's happened uh, am i broad strokesing this too much i am like wowed by how broad stroking you are doing it like i'm just impressed because i get caught up in all the details i mean we typically do i don't know if, if you want me to go more granular i can no like, no it's fine because we can go through it all, all day i just i'm like you've got to teach me your ways man like i can't do that <laughs> he, he minored in broad stroking in college yeah that sounds a little dirty yeah it does yeah it's, it's a swimming it but it's a dirty swimming thing <laughs> just look it up on um urban dictionary on your own time <laughs> so jimmy realizes that the aliens took their parents and again somehow tracks them he and his best friend carl weezer who interestingly i think interestingly enough was voiced by rob paulson who was pinky from pinky in the brain oh. and Raphael from the original teenage mutant ninja turtles or the 1980s teenage mutant ninja turtles they're gonna go get their parents back except the other kids find out what's happened because sheen ratted <laughs> and they all want to go so they turn a carnival into rocket ships and head out for deep space travel to get their parents back they find their way to the alien planet they're captured they break free there's a big fight with a giant three-eyed alien chicken poultra ultra lord is not afraid of chickens <laughs> maybe a little bit afraid of chickens maybe a little bit afraid of chickens <laughs> and they return home successful having defeated sir patrick stewart as an egg alien and martin short as his ward as yes as his brother I think they're supposed to be brothers. Yeah, I think so. It's it's not really clear, but there's definitely some animosity there. What's really interesting about this movie, I thought, well, actually, it makes it completely uninteresting. It follows very much the basic plot structure of all time with the rising action and the hero feeling like all is lost because, mm-hmm. like you mentioned, he does rally everybody to go find his parents and to rescue them. Mm-hmm. But then it becomes 
clear to the others that it's actually Jimmy Neutron's fault that the aliens came because they got his first message and saw how tasty his parents looked. Yeah. He's alone and he's actually put into a different cell, like totally just isolated. And when I, at that moment, I was like, this is literally textbook plot 101, like how to drive a story forward. Yeah. It's, it's funny because... <laughs> At that point in 2001, when CGI animation was really just beginning to stand on its legs, they didn't really have to impress you or wow you with plot. That wasn't really like the point of it. It was go back to basics, but do it in animated form. It was also a kid's movie to some, I mean, to some extent as an excuse, like they, they weren't necessarily aiming for the Oscars. Uh, They happened to get there, but (laughs) just, that's just how it fell. Yeah. I think they, they, they kind of tripped into that. Yeah, I I think what helps Jimmy Neutron, at least in its style and its like look, is that it is somewhat, it is cartoony mm-hmm. looking, if that's a way to put it, where it's not like it's trying to be realistic mm-hmm. looking at, by any means. I mean, there are people's, like, everyone's heads are shaped different ways, like every single person yeah. in this movie. And where if it was trying to be super realistic, I think it wouldn't have, like, even shown up at the oscars door whatsoever because oh yeah like if it was like i horror tekken visuals like for their uh game video cutscene level of horror animation i don't think it would have got noticed whatsoever i agree with you because one thing way before kate and i mentioned we talked about old cgi is like when you watch the original toy story and you see the neighborhood kid and it's just this so plastic but then also Mm -hmm. they didn't fully commit to the cartoon style like jimmy neutron does so it's just this very uncomfortable imagery you could tell they animated like every individual hair on you know the neighbor's head which makes it look like a creepy doll with the hair coming out of it (laughs) as opposed to this one where jimmy's just got a big old glob of hair and you just have to accept that i think as much as the animation can be a little distracting especially because now we've got such amazing cgi and going back into this it's like it's just it's it's very unsettling a lot of the animation but that's not really the whole movie because like i mean it is still a movie and as an oscar nominated movie we have to take it seriously right i thought something that was very strange because you mentioned like how it starts up and like the messaging to the alien civilization it actually opens up Mm -hmm. with a scene where the Colorado, like a tracking station in Colorado, a military tracking station is observing a unidentified aircraft that turns out actually to be Jimmy Neutron and his little rocket. <laughs> yeah. Which like I, I'm all for suspension of disbelief and, and like, as long as when they set up their rules that I'm like, okay, I, I'm this is, these are the rules of the world. <laughs> and I want to, I want to see what you guys think that like they make their own rockets. Fine. They can kind of breathe in space, fine, whatever. Is is attaching or duct taping a soda can to a, the little toaster, shaking it, and then pulling the tab as enough propulsion to get it into space? Is that like is that too far, even by their own rules? Like I don't know. Well, it's kind of like all of his stuff is very weird science. Like it, mm-hmm. it's not like none of it has to be explained. It's just that like oh, it works because he's very smart. Yeah. But but I think also to your point. Most of his stuff sucks, and it ends up not working the way he plans it to. True. It is actually very interesting because he is, like, we take it at the movie's word that he's a genius, but like you said, like, nothing is actually really based in science. It's just 
a bunch of like a kid tinkering around, which is cool. Yeah. And it definitely, I think they're supposed to be like 11, like mm-hmm. 10 or 11, like young children, like kids. So, you know, it's very much in keeping and it, with that stuff. And I do remember, um, because at this point, 2001, I would have been, I guess, nine. And I remember thinking this movie was hilarious. And so every time I was watching, when I was watching this, I was just like, man, this is just not funny or just so like juvenile. And like, well, yeah, because it was meant for other nine and 10 year olds who thought it was hilarious. So you have to kind of keep that in mind, too, when you're thinking about like, would a kid really care if the science is accurate? But I mean, again, we have to treat this because it was nominated for an Oscar. Yeah. That is true. So we have to treat this with the same scrutiny we give, like, The Revenant or, <laughs> like, that. It's, I mean, did Jimmy Neutron eat a bison heart or a bear heart? That's, I mean, we have to weigh these options. Yeah, for sure. What, what really struck me, too, about the Colorado tracking station thing is, like, like I said before, is, like, this movie very much follows the very basic, you know, plot devices and, like, the way the movie moves forward. But just the fact that this military was introduced... And they did, like, such a close-up shot on this one general, and then he doesn't show up again. And I kept waiting for it. Like, how is Jimmy Neutron not on a government watch list of any kind? Like, obviously, they will have known about him. Yeah. Like, he's smart, but apparently not smart enough to fly under the radar, no pun (laughs) intended. Like, literally, any of his inventions would have probably tipped off the government to this point. And, like, no one knows about him. No one, They haven't, like, dragged him in for <laughs> testing or to make him work for them or whatever. His, his, like, secret lair lab is in his backyard just under the ground and under the shed. Yeah. It's, like, it's not like they're, they're not really trying. I do think they come back in the show, but I don't think we can put the show in reference to the movie necessarily. Yeah, so that's, that's the problem is, like, it's one of those... Technically, when we talk about this movie, this is the only thing that exists in the cinematic universe of Jimmy Neutron. True. The rest is all fluff. Like, throw that away. This, this is the only thing we can go for. It was very striking because in that same, like, area, like you mentioned when he uses the soda can to get the toaster into space, mm-hmm. he does this little scene, which when I was watching, I was like, oh, yeah, I remember that from the, movie, the TV series where, like, Whenever he's faced with a problem, he'll go, think, think, and then it'll, the camera will go into his ear and like towards his brain and the neurons are firing and boy, howdy, he's a genius. Let's, <laughs> yeah. he finds out what he's going to do and he, um, you know, comes up with this thing. And so they make sure to have that established so they can use it again later, but then completely ignore that the military would just, would, would notice if all adults disappeared. Mm-hmm. from a, a town because it doesn't seem to be a whole state thing it's just this one town and somehow the kids put it on their news yeah like the kids run the news broadcast room and announce all of the parents are gone <laughs> i i'm glad that you kind of bring up this point because uh something that i noticed like was it just the parents that was taken or was it all adults because it seems like they were only like the only people that were taken were parents mm-hmm. but obviously like like Mrs. Fowl Fowler Fowl. wasn't taken. Uh, granted, she was a very tiny. She was shrunk. Ant size. Yeah. Yeah, she was ant size. But like, were the other adults that are were like, if you didn't have a kid, or like, if you decided not to breed in your life, were you left behind, and then you were left with like this kid, like hedonistic party that happened in the following days. <laughs> You just ignored it. That's actually a deleted scene, Madison, <laughs> on the ship coming home with the happy ending, where there's just one dude who's childless sitting in a corner, like <laughs> watching the happy reunions, just like yeah. crying. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or you just think maybe like, 
would you really want to go to your day job if you realized like everyone else was gone? You're just like, eh, I don't want to do the news today. Let the kids run the news station. I don't care. Let the kids run the news station. And it's funny because I know we kind of like jumped ahead into the plot, but when the parents leave, they throw, like you said, uh, just a rager. Yeah. And they're eating candy. Like there's like a whole bar just for candy in this town, which like Mm -hmm. they got their priorities straight, I guess. And Nick, who is one of the reoccurring characters, he's introduced as kind of like the you know, the quintessential bad boy type. And instead of smoking a cigarette, he's sucking on a lollipop. Mm -hmm. And that's his kind of cool guy signature. And he uh, at one point says to Jimmy, like the next day when they're all dealing with, I guess, hangovers from eating a whole bunch of sugar. I'm glad you brought this up. (laughs) He goes, goes, you never forget your first time, Jimmy. And I'm like, you're 11. (laughs) What's going on here? And where are the parents? Well, in space. That's where they are. Yeah, that was like an it's an oddly like adjacent sexual like <laughs> reference for this kids movie. Yeah, and I'm thinking like was that for adults? And if it was, would they be happy about him saying that? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, like I don't know. I just I love that like Jimmy. They they show this party that they're having where everybody's like throwing whipped cream pies at each other <laughs> and they're just eating a bunch of candy and staying up late. And then Jimmy wakes up and goes like, "Oh my head!" Like clearly hung over from candy and like i don't know it just i it seems so weird to me as a kid i was like oh yeah that was probably pretty rough but like (laughs) you know as an adult i was like wow that's okay and the other thing is too like madison brought up what was the cutoff for people being taken by the aliens like was it really just parents was it all adults or what about teenagers yeah were teenagers just out of the question like just elementary school students were left it seems like it was just jimmy's class that was left right pretty much jimmy's class and like younger yeah and younger but so basically what happens is to delve into more deeply into the story Mm -hmm. he gets this message from the aliens and so he decides to send back a message out and you can tell that his parents are not very happy with all the stuff that he gets up to his dad's kind of like oh he's just a smart boy leave him alone but his mom's worried for him because like I mean, it's not really safe to go into your own handmade rocket ship into space and throw a satellite out. No, I mean. But what's really strange here is that Jimmy Neutron, when he gets ready for school, has a robot to do literally everything. He gets dressed via robots, including a laser toothbrush and a robo barber prototype to basically go through a character hair customization screen. And even has someone to sh- tie his shoes, which makes him late because the the bot like rebels and ties his shoes together. <laughs> yeah, that's the beginning of the singularity in the Jimmy Neutron universe. <laughs> that's where I raise a question: Is Jimmy really a genius? Because he seems to make stuff that like doesn't really work in his favor more often than not. I mean, he's kind of like the Steve Urkel level of genius, yeah. where yeah. he builds all these wondrous machines, but by and large, like. It's impressive that they work at all, mm-hmm. even if they work incorrectly. Yeah. Yeah. I think you're right. I think it, it really comes down to, like, what do you define a genius as? Like, someone who's very smart, which even, you have to admit, like, he doesn't have the, I guess he's similar to Sheldon in that way, right? Like, I mean, I don't know. I, I only watched the one episode of Young Sheldon, but it seems like he's got, like, short sight, like, you know, a short sight. You know, where he, like, wants to solve the immediate problem, but doesn't think about the long-term implications. Mm -hmm. And I guess it's the same thing with Neutron. It's just, 
I need, I don't want to tie my shoes. I'm going to get a robot to tie my shoes, but I don't, you know, it doesn't think about like, how does that tie into everything else? And so maybe that's kind of what a genius is. Like, it's not that you're necessarily very smart and you can see the forest for the trees, you know, it's that you can just make things to solve the immediate problems. I don't know. I uh, yeah. I don't know if this is any ground that we want to break, but we're talking about how Jimmy's building robots to do everything for him. And like, what happens when that kid hits puberty? <laughs> oh, God. Oh, my Mike. goodness. You've you've just kicked open the door. I feel like I feel like y'all y'all showed me the door to this one. I just want to let you know, I just Googled Jimmy Neutron puberty fan fiction. Oh, no. And don't worry, it's been explored thoroughly. But the fact <laughs> is that Jimmy Neutron is a child, so I'm not breaching that subject, but we're going to let it ruminate. Oh, boy. I understand. Like, I wasn't... <laughs> that's why I, I opened with, I don't know if this is a thing that is going to get dug into. We're like, just going to kind of put it there. It's one of those things, like, you grew up with it. So, I mean, like, I'm going to leave it there, and I'm going to let people, like, just consider <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah, it, this is more we're showing again we're showing them this door saying you could look if you, you could open the door if you want you know consider it yeah i mean it's not just that it's actually mentioned specifically in the movie about puberty yeah because when they are all in space and like kind of reminiscing about missing their parents and all that stuff but then also um carl asks uh like basically carl and neutron are talking and Jimmy talks about how insecure he is about his height because Nick is always making fun of him for being so short. And so is Cindy, like the... Who's the same height as him? Yeah. yeah. This is the first time I noticed watching this that she's the same height as him. And that's not including the hair or anything like that. Like, they are the same height. Yeah. So Jimmy is, like, sad about being made fun of by everybody for being short. And carl says something like i didn't think we liked girls yet and jimmy goes oh no no no, we don't we don't and carl is like scared of puberty because like neutron explains it as like something that just takes you over and makes you Mm -hmm. unable to make any rational decisions so it's something that the movie like kind of opens the door to so (laughs) the part about his height and how people make fun of him like uh at that point like i didn't really notice people saying that um up until that point in the movie but and then like the second half it comes up a lot like people making fun of his height um it might have happened but i feel like they just added that part so it made when he makes himself planet-sized at the end like it made sense that that was how he solved the problem is that he made himself huge um when everyone was calling him small i literally did not put that together really (laughs) i did not put that together at all (laughs) You are operating on a different level, on a different wavelength. Like, t- you two are continuously blowing me away today because I did not make that connection at all. I just thought, hmm, he had the shrink ray. Uh, make it, it doesn't work right. So I guess now he gets real big. That's just, that's how my brain went. So apparently I'm just watching it as a 10 year old <laughs> while you two are film professors. <laughs> <laughs> well we we have watched now enough films with the eye of what like madison once uh described what we do on equalizers as fan fiction <laughs> because we find the things we like about a movie or that resonate with us and then we like expand that into another film or make it a film about that and i think that that's a thing of like oh yeah like how do i trying to figure out how we get from a to b in just a pitch is <laughs> I, I think that that's one reason that he picked up yeah. on it. Yeah. Or, and I would have as well. I... Yeah, I, I would say ever since starting the podcast and um, us uh-huh. really delving deep into like the story structure of like movies and what we're trying to play off of and what we like 
take out as for jokes and stuff like it has probably like in the last few months as we started the podcast i have like maybe it messed with my mind and i can't see anything for just like how i can't enjoy a film anymore (laughs) i can only like tear it apart like tear it's only i can only see its skeleton and all the different joints and everything in in the first episode that we did i tried to actually because i took film appreciation in college i actually took philosophy of film and film adaptation courses i tried to dissect a film kind of philosophically like that and then i just realized it's just much more fun to just be an idiot and watch bad movies so you guys can do the thinking for me i'm gonna keep just powering through (laughs) let's talk about what the aliens look like because we mentioned that their god is a three-eyed chicken named poltra and the aliens are actually shaped as eggs, but that's not their real shape. Their real shape is like a pile of goo. Yeah, with like two stalks yeah. for eyes. They use like egg exoskeletons with little arms to get around. I, I just wanted to be in the room when that poultra and then the, the um, oh, I forget <laughs> the name of the alien race, but when that, Yolkians. the Yolkians came up, like when somebody like was like, oh, I cracked the story. It's a giant chicken alien. Ah, crack. Yeah. Egg. I did that on purpose. Okay. We'll see. I'm just I'm just having I didn't. fun. I didn't. <laughs> um, was like that's it. That that's the thing. It's egg monsters in and I have to wonder if it was just for the joke of when Jimmy and Goddard flying away where the tail fire of his rockets like fries the king egg thing. Like if that like Madison mentioned with the, the, the grow and shrink ray, if that was the impetus of the idea of egg shaped aliens was for that joke. Like I have to wonder. And also that their warships look like rubber chickens. That's true too. Part of how this plot goes along, you mentioned how they get their spaceships mm-hmm. that are made of carnival rides. They actually oh these kids don't notice at first that their parents have been abducted because all of them have snuck out to go to Retroland, which is, it's not really clear exactly why they have a Retroland, other than it's a cool festival, carnival. It doesn't even seem that retro. Yeah. And I, I just, do you ever just have this moment when you're watching movies like this, especially kids' movies, and you just see, like, I wish any place I went to was that cool. Mm-hmm. Like, I wish they had rides that cool at our local county fair or whatever. Because like, this is middle of nowhere Colorado. There is no... They have no right to have that cool of roller coasters. Like, an octopus that spins around and, like, an awesome dragon roller coaster mm-hmm. and all that kind of stuff. That's not fair. And, I mean, Ultra Lord live. Ultra Lord live. So, do you guys want to explain Ultra Lord? Well, he's kind of this, like, guy who i don't know what his powers are or anything i think he's kind of like batman i think (laughs) because he seems to have a lot of gadgets but he's in all purple and i think he's kind of car themed right is that is that kind of like the take of it yeah like rocket themed maybe yeah i would have said like a buzz lightyear batman mashup i just know he has like these like Mm -hmm. headlights on his costume that like that's why i got the car thing but yeah he's probably like more of a buzz lightyear-esque character and sheen is obsessed with this it's his it's the only thing in his life like that's his character trait basically in the movie is i just want to let you guys know there is a very extensive jimmy neutron wiki and apparently according to the jimmy neutron wiki you are right it's actually the whole outfit is a reference to the classic cars of the 40s to 60s uh you know called the impala that's the reference of his whole look so there you go sheen is obsessed with ultra lord he wears an ultra lord mask 
that he gets from Retro Land, and he brings Ultra Lord to show and tell, which was very good. The scene, so basically, because they have to establish that Jimmy Neutron's a genius, blah blah blah, and like, right. um, so they have a show and tell, and Cindy who is the female rival of Neutron, gives a presentation about dinosaurs, about how girl dinosaurs are better than boy dinosaurs, and blah, 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 a whole bunch of binary stuff, and he brings Ultra Lord, Carl brings his inhaler, and Jimmy Neutron brings a shrink ray, which misfires, and as you mentioned, Madison shrinks Mrs. Fowl, the bird hybrid teacher they have, into ant size. And I was just wondering, did you guys ever have show and tell in your schools as a kid? All right, I did. I have a very vivid show and tell story where um, my my grandma uh, gave me. I, I think like each show and tell was like themed in something way, some way, and the theme was historic. Mm-hmm. And my grandma gave me the car horn that used to be on like an old like. 1950s like i don't know buick or something <laughs> and it was something that sat on the outside of the car and then you hit this plunger and then it goes Awooga. <laughs> and i did it in class and like everyone like was impressed i was like probably like seven that's so cool everyone was impressed because every sh- i don't i don't have a show and tell story of my own i don't know if we just didn't have them or if i blocked them out of my memory but every show and tell in media seems to be disappointing for whoever is doing the show and tell. So it's awesome you had a great experience there. What about you, Mike? I don't remember really that much. I don't think we had show and tell yeah. at the school I was in. Or if we did, I was young enough that I just don't really remember bringing <laughs> anything in. I don't have any, you know, uh, obviously if it was, it didn't impress the whole class or I'd remember. <laughs> Well, so I kind of focused on this classroom scene because it's it's not really important as the whole plot goes, but I paused the movie to see what's written on the chalkboard. Mm-hmm. And there was a vocabulary list. And I'm just going to, there were eight words on this list. And here they are. Independence. <laughs> lipstick. What? Tempestuous. Phototropism. <laughs> fancy pants. Diversion. <laughs> Affable and defenestration. Defenestration? Is that a real word? Yeah, it is. It means to throw someone out of a window. What? Yeah, that's the whole word. That's what it means. Defen- like So to def- you can defenestrate someone. Good. It means you push them out the window. Good, good, good. Gotta teach kids about defenestration young. <laughs> Yeah, I actually like wanted to kind of know if maybe there were like in jokes on the the chalkboard or something like that. So I did a little bit too much research <laughs> into this. I say I'm an idiot when I watch movies, but then I do stuff like this. So sure. you know, so not only was there this vocab list, which if you guys don't know, just I'm no judgment for our audience. Independence means freedom from control. Uh, lipstick is a cosmetic applied to the lips. Tempestuous is characterized by strong or turbulent or conflicting emotion. Phototropism is the orientation of a plant or other organism in response to light. Fancy pants means superior or high class in a pretentious way. Diversion means distraction or redirection. And affable means friendly or good natured. And defenestration means throwing someone out a window. So I think we could actually pull some stuff that we could kind of say, oh, maybe that's a reference to this or whatever. I think that would be a fool's errand because it's probably just they chose a bunch of words that they were like hey hey jim give me a word to put on this chalkboard <laughs> we've got to get this background in tonight yeah it was you know 5 30 on a friday and they didn't want to be there anymore so there's like, i don't know <laughs> defenestration let's just 
Let's go. Yeah. Fancy pants. Let's put that on the board. But there's also something on the board, which I, I know. I, I looked at this for too long. Mm-hmm. There was something written on the board called the Fritz Showing Theory. S-C-H-O-E-N-I-G. So Schoenig. I looked it up. No such thing exists. The only thing I could find was other people who had watched Jimmy Neutron trying to figure out what it means. Because apparently <laughs> it was on the, the this, this same thing is on the blackboard, the whole like series. Oh, wow. You and all those people got got by the writers. Because I was like, well, is maybe there a Fritz like in the cast and or is there a Schoenig in the cast? You know, stuff like that. It came up with nothing other than <laughs> I did not give up because that's just who I am. So nothing comes up with that name specifically. But there is an FC Schoenig, cited as the author in several studies on gamma radiation and nuclear testing. His name is Frederick, and Fritz is sometimes short for Frederick, Hmm. and I've officially put too much thought into this. But, there you go. I think... I think we have solved the Fritz Schoenig theory. No, I'm impressed. Yeah, I think you have. Yeah. Uh, this is an I original. think you've solved the Fritz Schoenig theory. Like, I don't... You delved deep into the forums, and you came out victorious. I don't know if we can take any credit for it. I, I'm emailing the Nobel Committee as we speak. Uh, Thank you. I appreciate that. You should write a, a very odd uh, email to the writers of Jimmy Neutron. It's like... <laughs> I want to do that so bad, to be honest. I was like looking to see if they had Twitters, you know, and I found one for one of the creators of the show, but it was in French or German. I was like, I can't tweet to this guy. I just... I don't know. I don't know if someone would be happy if I said, hey, you remember that movie you did like 18 years ago? Will you tell me what this means? And... Do I really want to know what it means? Like, do I want to be disappointed or unlock some final secret? Like, who knows? Maybe you'll win at some sort of contest that they uh, set up and you're going to get all the <laughs> remaining Jimmy Neutron merch that exists. <laughs> oh, that's good. It's like um, in World War II when uh, the British started putting out like secret clues in the crosswords and the papers where if you like discovered these clues and wrote into the paper you were then contacted by the war department like bletchley park like maybe that's what this is jimmy neutron they're they're putting those clues out in the universe and anybody who emails them (laughs) about the fritz schoenig theory gets like i don't know works for nickelodeon's intelligence department i guess it's a it's a little known augmented reality game where they were just waiting for someone to just think it through too much and once you type out those fateful words like you said it's just there you go you actually i think then i own jimmy neutron yeah i think jimmy neutron's mine now yeah now i'm just obsessed with the idea that nickelodeon has an intelligence department (laughs) but apparently the you know military in this world of jimmy neutron doesn't because they don't they don't care about jimmy neutron so of course like all you said you did a great job going over all the plot i just kind of was like Trying to think about what else kind of stuck out to me there. Of course, like you mentioned, all of the ships that they the kids use, uh-huh. which apparently the only difference between a roller coaster and a spaceship is a little bit of plutonium. Yeah. And yeah. then you're good. And like, I mean, that's just science. <laughs> and Jimmy Neutron, I mean, I guess he's the genius. He tells them what to do, but all the other kids do the work. He just kind of oversees it. Yeah, like. Sheen is getting ready to put like fuel rods into a rocket ship, like unsupervised, <laughs> before Jimmy walks by and tells him that they don't need fuel rods. Like these, he just set these kids off to building interstellar <laughs> ships alone while he walked around. Well, he he says at one point, "Oh, um, there's 
like a really good chance or there's some somewhat of a chance that we could just blow up once we start them so yeah it's a five percent chance it's a 95 percent chance we succeed and then nick goes i've never gotten a 95 percent in anything why did we need nick because he's the cool guy who is only cool for saying how cool he is that's true yeah, and also he had to beat up the aliens. That's, like, the whole reason he's along. Like, literally their flight plan, I guess, is to, they get to space. They So Jimmy Neutron leaves the scouting party, he gets them there, and then they are going to send in a 10-year-old boy to beat up yeah. the aliens and get their parents back. Not even all of the other kids. It's not an army. Why'd they all have to go? Yeah, they, they brought the entire group and then their point was, we're going to get there, and we're going to send in Nick. <laughs> just Nick. And we're just going to cheer from the door while he beats <laughs> up an entire alien planet. There are a lot of really good bits in this show. And I will, you know, as much as I ding them for not bringing the military back, they do bring back a lot of things. Like, for example, uh, Cindy's friend, Libby, mm-hmm. uh, at one point is choosing a ringtone on her phone. And then later, her phone, it's like a Chekhov's gun. Like, Jimmy Neutron uses her phone to call Goddard and get him to rescue them. Also, of course, I remember as a kid, I thought it was the height of hilarity when Coral goes to Retroland and he gets to touch a llama and then gets a pin that says, I touched a llama. <laughs> uh, not only did he touch the llama, I put down in my notes, he touched the llama's butt. Like, yeah. specifically. Like, he just, like, <laughs> poked the llama's butt. And then he got a button. And as you were mentioning, too, about, like, what makes Jimmy Neutron a genius, that whole uh, introduction to his lab, uh, he had a a couple of inventions on display, including a girl-eating plant, an invisible hamster, and a soda that makes you burp. Now, the soda that makes you burp is important because that's... It's it really just hinges... the, the, The movie would not be complete without it, apparently, because at the end of the film... I guess they didn't really have, they kind of like were doing the whole normal plot thing of like, okay, the parents are back now and everything's happy. Everyone's reunited. But how do we end the movie? And this one's like, you know what kids like? They like burping. And I'm like, you're right. Kids love burping. How about we have Jimmy's mom accidentally drink his burping soda and then his dad takes a drink of the burping soda and there's just a bunch of burping and that's where the movie ends. But also, I mean, we can't just like... You know what's funnier than burping is farting. So let's have the dad say, better out the attic than the basement, am I right? (laughs) Wait, does that mean that both these two Oscar-nominated films, Shrek and Jimmy Neutron, both had lines very similar? It's it's poetic cinema because he said that and then Shrek, you know, says, better out than in, I always say. Yeah. It's it's pure comedy. I mean, it was a a more primitive time (laughs) in animated filmmaking. The Academy was particular to gas-based humor. That, that <laughs> yeah. Year. Which what what won for best picture that year? Maybe had for... like Daniel Day Lewis burping or farting at one point. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> hey, I mean, you got to do what you got to do. So the yeah. movie itself, like it, definitely didn't hold up. I could see why kids would love it. Like, there's a lot of kids gags in it, and it's meant for kids, so that's perfectly fine. But like you said, it is an Oscar-nominated film. Like, it deserves to be kind of, you know, seen with a bit of scrutiny. And it was one of those things that I literally think it was just nominated because it was a big-budget animated film when they first started the, the Academy Award category. Is there anything you guys mi- that we missed that you wanted to bring up? Anything about 
the movie. Um, I will. I there's one thing about like when they actually fight the aliens in that big like arena scene with Poltra and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Um, there is like a sort of kind of action packed fight scene where the kids are like facing off one by one like against the egg people, and they definitely murder a lot of those guys. Right? <laughs> Oh, for sure. Oh, yeah. Like, the, like those kids, like, murdered another living being. Oh, yeah. Like, like I, I get that they, like, captured, like, their parents and stuff, but they, they, they're, they like, 11 years old, and they have killed someone. And, like, what happens with Poltra? Because they beat them up, they steal the, they take their parents back, and they fly away, and we never come back to the planet where this giant, hungry god chicken is now left alone on this planet full of the egg people. Like, does Poulter just eat all those people? I actually looked up because I wanted to know if they ever came back. Mm-hmm. The aliens did in the animated series. And apparently they come back and pretend to have been changed people because Poulter died. Jesus. So, <laughs> you're right. They straight up killed people. I wanted to point something out because when I told my husband that we were watching Jimmy Neutron, he, he said, Janine, we have the soundtrack to Jimmy Neutron in our library. Hell yeah. And we do. I just saw it here. It's got a Goodwill sticker on it, so I don't know when I bought it. Uh, but here is the Jimmy Neutron soundtrack. And I got to say, the music in this was terrible. There were some truly awful covers of Kids in America and oh, She Blinded Me with Science, which, of course, because, you know, boy genius. Mm-hmm. Let's see what else we've got here. We've got Leave It Up to Me by Aaron Carter, Pop by NSYNC. Parents Just Don't Understand by Lil Romeo, Nick Cannon, and 3LW. Intimidated by Britney Spears. He Blinded Me with Science by Melissa Lefton. AC's Alien Nations by Aaron Carter. Kids in America by No Secrets. The Answer to Our Life by Backstreet Boys. The Chicken Dance by Stupid. (laughs) I Can Count on You, True Vibe. We Got the Beat, Go-Go's. Go Jimmy Jimmy, Aaron Carter. Parents Don't Just Understand, Bonus Remix. Blitzkrieg Pop by the Ramones and Jimmy Neutron theme by Bowling for Soup. This is this is truly like it's an artifact. It just really encapsulates. Jimmy Neutron was released in 2001, right? This this uh-huh. soundtrack encapsulates like the music mm-hmm. of 2001, I think. Like Absolutely. With Aaron Carter on like three different tracks. In sync, little world. They were really trying to make Aaron Carter happen. Yeah. yeah, and with the chicken dance too. In that, uh, and leading up to the scene where basically Jimmy realizes that all the adults, not only they've been captured, they have mind control helmets on them, mm-hmm. and the aliens are controlling them so that they can be fed to Poltra, their god. There's this part I remember thinking it was so funny as a kid where they do the chicken dance. They make all of the human sacrifices do the chicken dance, mm-hmm. and. That's that's why it's on this soundtrack, apparently, because in case you want to do it at home, follow along. So did you guys have a sequel in mind? I know we're... Well, actually, Madison and I talked about it, and what we were thinking was to extend the offer to you and your co-host, Hate, to uh, appear on The Equalizers with your idea or ideas for a sequel or prequel to this movie. Oh, for sure, because I'm already thinking, like... There's something to really go for with a Sheldon crossover with Jimmy Neutron. Uh, offer rescinded. <laughs> yes. We could truly unlock something yes. there. No, no. I'm 50% owner of this podcast and I say, hell yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. I'm excited. Well, it's been awesome talking about this 
Would you say it's a bad movie? Good movie? It's a movie. I still like it. I mean, it, it's a movie. It's it's a it's a kids yeah. movie. For sure, a kids movie. That's all you got to know. It's a kids movie. I mean, he's a boy genius. He's a boy. So. What else do you want? Like it's a it's a boy genius. The original Bazinga boy. <laughs> the OG Bazinga. You just watch. They're going <laughs> to revamp this and they're going to do it just like they've done with a lot of older 90s and 2000s media and there's going to be like a some weird bin- like binary thing. It's going to be like Jamantha Neutron girl yeah. genius. As long as Bulby's in it. Oh jeez. Well, do you have a suggestion for a crime we can offer our audience? Go to another planet, murder most of its like military force. <laughs> and then go home and drink soda with your mom. And burp a lot. Burp a lot. Burping's not a crime. No. Uh, so then instead of burping, since that's not a crime, uh, just, um, <laughs> I don't know, do some graffiti. Uh, graffiti brain blast. Or Bazinga Boy. <laughs> or Bazinga Boy. Bazinga Boy. Our good Bazinga Boy. Yeah, just start, just start spray painting hashtag Bazinga Boy <laughs> on schools and libraries. and Your parents back. Uh, yeah, your parents, your parents back. How about create a girl-eating plant and then attempt to murder a girl by leaving the girl-eating plant on her doorstep? Yeah. No. We didn't really dig into that, but it was a thing this time that stuck out to me was the girl-eating plant and how kind of messed up that idea was. <laughs> that, like, when all the parents are gone, he just leaves it on their doorstep and... He was ready to murder Cindy. I think that's the lesson of this movie, is that without parents, children will just resort to murder. I mean, Lord of the Flies, right? Mm-hmm. Like, we knew exactly. that. Exactly. <laughs> that's what this was. This was really a very thinly veiled Lord of the Flies remake. <laughs> well, it's been awesome having you guys here. No, uh, thank you. Thanks for having us. Yeah, let everybody know again where they can find you. Anywhere, just online, uh, social media, any podcasting site or app uh equalizers e-q-u-e-l-i-z-e-r-s and i am the one part of the host for guess what you're gonna hate you can find us on facebook at guess what you're gonna hate on twitter at hate podcast and on our website hatepodcast.com please be sure to check out the equalizers podcast they are both very funny And I have really enjoyed listening to their episodes. And if you enjoy us and our trash content, you'll enjoy their (laughs) elevated content. (laughs) I don't know when this is coming out, but we might have some. We might have some. We have some episodes (laughs) coming up that um, might uh, scrape us into that bin. (laughs) We really moonrakered it on at some point. Yeah. Okay. Well, thanks so much for stopping by. Thanks for having us. Thank you.